that the greatest enemy that you have, that I have, is fear. Say that again. The greatest enemy, really, with Jesus, after his death on the cross, you have nothing to fear. Nothing to fear. You know, this week, I was talking to Pastor Paul. I had, uh, I had held a, a crusade in a, a village in Nigeria a few times. And uh, I think about two times, and I was going the third time or so, and I was with Pastor, my pastor, Kendall, and the current pastor of uh, the worship center. And uh, as soon as I got to Lagos, that's the ca- uh, commercial capital, the pastor who was organizing it said to me, there is a man in uh, the village that you're going to preach. He asked me to let you know he's, a pract- he's been a practicing witch since he was a young man. And I decided he's tired of it. He wants to be free. Now, in my country, <laughs> the word a witch, people just, they're very afraid of it. And in fact, the pastor was telling me, you need to, we need to pray because there is a demonic force that existed in that village. And, uh, and he, uh, they saw him, and I've said, said this here before, he appears to the villagers, and everyone in the village knew about him. He appears to them in a ball of light. And he was asking me, you need to fast and pray because he's going to be mad because you're coming into town. Well, I had fasted with my wife before I went back there, and I decided I don't need to fast. I'm not going to fast because of him. I'm going to preach. He's going to, be know, he's going to know I'm, I'm around, and I'm going to share the word of God. God did a lot in that uh, meeting. But this man has sent a message and said, I'm a witch. I want to be free. In other words, he's possessed. <laughs> That's the way I see it. He's possessed with this spirit of witchcraft. And uh, I, I forgot with all of the activities, Pastor Kindle was one, in one uh, place in the room, Pastor Rusty in another place, and I was in a corner. And then this elderly man sat down and said to me, um, the, the Dutch young man bring the message to you. And I said, what young man? He pointed to him. He said, I said, oh, you're the fellow. He said, yeah. I said, good. You want to be free? Yeah. Which in my country is a real big thing. Prayed over him. He threw up. And that was it. He was free. He said, thank you, sir. I'm free. And walked away. That was all I knew. This week I was talking to Pastor Paul. You know, they talk about the meeting in Covern. You know? Yeah. And Pastor Paul told me that nobody said anything to me. That was all I heard. But Pastor Paul was telling me this week, the reason that man came to you for prayer is that he was confident you can help him because as soon as you got into town, they just said, that man. As soon as that man stepped into town, there was confusion in their coven. They were very worried. They couldn't get anything done. And so he recognized, this man is my source of freedom. I had no clue that that was going on. I was just happy me preaching the simple gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. What am I saying tonight? You have so much power in you. I don't. You, during those times, I felt nothing. Just being a Christian person. There is so much power in you, you just don't recognize i said it here before. Every time you show up, the devil gets scared. The reason we are hurting is because we don't know what's in us. You carry God everywhere you go. Especially if you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. You are possessed by the Spirit of God. Just as they are possessed with the demon, you have been possessed by the Spirit of God. So everywhere you go, the Spirit of God goes with you. And your spirit is in agreement with God's Spirit. We talked about this. Your born-again Spirit and the Spirit of God, they are always in agreement. And so when you appear, the devils recognize. 
People may not agree with what you're doing. People may look at you whatever way they want to look at you. But see yourself the way the Father sees you. The enemy recognizes when you show up. He manipulates things to cause you to fear. Why should you be afraid of your finances when you got God inside of you? Think about it. When you pray in tongues, you are speaking a supernatural language coming from the Holy Spirit. You are not ordinary. It appears in the natural, but we are, because of the blindness of our spiritual eyes, and in, in our frame of reference from the past, we don't realize that you carry a, this power of God everywhere you go. Jesus was a man just like the rest of us. We need to recognize that. That's why, so that we will not be deceived. That's why he referred to himself more as the son of man than the son of God. Read the scriptures. I used to really wonder why would Jesus... I would rather say, I'm the son of God. But Jesus hardly uses those words. Most of the time, he says, the son of man has authority where? On the earth. If you are born again and you are in the flesh, you have authority on the earth. To decree whatever you want to decree. And God will establish it. That's why the scripture says, Decree a thing and it shall be established. Open your mouth wide and God will fill it. We are not decreeing enough. We are easily swayed. And we are easily afraid, made to be afraid. When circumstances come, we forget Him. We feel like we are alone. But Jesus assured us, He said, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Why is it no matter what you go through, I'm there with you. I'll take care of you. He says in the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have the, I've taken care of that. Just don't worry. It'll just be an irritation for you. You'll be okay. That's what he's saying. you got nothing to worry. But... If you will worry, don't pray. Why do you take thought, the Bible says, Jesus said, don't take any thought. You are more than the birds of the air. Why do we forget these scriptures? We don't realize that God and his word are one and the same. We move away from his word. And we're going by the things we know. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And he's wanting us to have his thoughts. He says, no matter what you can dream, I can do better than that. Is that the the best you can do in thinking? Is that the best you can do in bringing out? We are limiting the Holy One of Israel because we are not willing to expand our minds. Read Isaiah 54. He says, stretch out. Your stakes. Stretch everything out. He says, because you are ready to, be, to expand, your children will inherit. That's why I believe it's going to be well for my children. Amen. And for your children also. The devil can do nothing about it. The only thing he can do is what I allow him to do. But as long as I can pray, <laughs> Amen. As long as I can bow before my Heavenly Father, as long as I can, I I have that privilege to send some message up. We are ambassadors for Christ. What you are now is not what you're going to be tomorrow. The Bible says don't despise the days of small beginnings. And it's never too late with God. You begin to fight and quarrel because you're looking at your resources. And what you're hearing from everywhere, what they're telling you in the natural, look above those things. That's why I like Elijah after he had prayed. Amen. You remember? After he had prayed, he said, go and check to see if there's, if there's cloud. Or, you got some clouds up there. And the fellow can say, preacher, I'm telling you, there's nothing here. It, it, it's still the way it was before you started praying, sir. 
That's gospel according to good luck. Okay. And he says, go back again. And he came back again. He says, nothing. Go back again. He kept sending him back. He was never discouraged. Never. The funny thing about it, if you read that scripture, God told Elijah, go and show yourself to Ahab. I'm about to send rain. What most of all would most what most of us would do is that God already said He's going to send rain, so there is no need to pray. <laughs> That's wrong. Just because He has given you the word, doesn't mean you don't have to do something about it. God was the one that told Elijah, "Go and show yourself to Ahab. I'm about to send rain." And after the miracle, it, 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 there, was, there was fire that came from heaven. Most of us were thinking, boy, that wasn't that incredible. All week we're talking about it. <laughs> and you say, God, what's the matter? We got this fire miracle. Where is the rain? But immediately after that, he was praying. Amen? And expecting the rain. Until he saw just a little cloud. Size of the feast of a man. And he says, that's it. I hear the sound of rain. Amen? That's what I hear for the Ark Fellowship. I don't care what you're going through right now. I don't care about your financial situation right now. As far as I know, as long as I can kneel before the Lord and pray, it's going to be better. It's going to be, it's going to be really good. It's going to be really good. Because God, His zeal will perform. If you don't get discouraged, if you don't change your language and begin, and begin to speak, like Job said, you talk like one of those foolish women. If you don't change your language, if you're not afraid, if you constantly maintain in your prayer, I don't care. You know, when you hear a bad news concerning anything, Now I know where God's going with this. Because as I was sitting there, all I was thinking was Hannah. Remember Hannah? Most Christians, when things happen to them, everything changes. It's like God doesn't exist. Hannah was having a real bad day. And this bad day she was having on this particular day had been from way back. But this day was really bad because Penina was really making it a very difficult day for her. And she didn't know anything about the future. She went in and she was just crying out to God. Just crying out to God. And then she made a covenant with God. If you give me a boy, all I want, I just want this shame taken from me. I don't want anybody to be able to say, I don't have, I can't have a child. I know in our culture, I've seen, seen women say, I don't want a child. In my culture, no woman says that kind of stuff. I mean, everyone wants, it's a curse if you can't have one. And in, our, in the time of Hannah, that was a real bad thing. Moreover, the Bible has already told us in Exodus chapter 23, 25, and 26 that there shall nothing be barren in your land. And she's barren meaning the way most of us think if she's not happening to her, she must be a bad person, you know. You know, when the women get around, those that have children, they, they, they say, look at her. She, what's the matter with her? She can have a baby. The rest of us, and she's sitting there, and God had commanded them to go back to Jerusalem where there was sacrifice every year. I believe that time, at that time it was in Ramah because Samuel was there before David established Jerusalem, get everything back together. But you can imagine what she was going through. I don't think it was just that woman, Amit, but the rest of them. Because that woman won't be torment, tormenting her alone. She'll be talking to her. You know how we are, right? Everyone talking, and she knows they're all talking about me. It's very painful. So every year here, she went in, and she, was very, she came back very sad. And that's not a place to go to be sad. That's a place to go before God and come back happy. 
But in that situation, it was a terrible place to go. I'm sure every time she realizes the day is coming near, she's frightened in her heart, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to deal with this again. But this time she decided she's got to do something about it. And she went in and cried out to God. Eli was a backsliding priest. In fact, God had already determined in his heart, I'm going to kill him, that's the priest, and all of the children. God was ready in his heart, I'm going to kill him. You see that guy? I'm going to kill him and all of his kids. He had been eating too much from God's sacrifices. And he was sitting there, and this woman was praying. And he, she thought the woman was drunk. And, and, and she says, well, I'm not drunk. I'm just pouring out my heart to my God. I got a problem. And the priest said just a few words. Go your way. The God of Israel grant you your request. If I say that to people, say, are you sure, Pastor? Let's sit down. We got to have a conference. Did God tell you that or you were just coming from you? How do I know that this is going to really happen? The next week, they'll call you back again and say, Pastor, it's a week now. It's never happened. What's going on? I said, we will. But notice, God recorded that. As soon as she heard the word from the man of God, that's something we really need to understand. We don't understand that. As soon as she heard the word from God's servant, who was backsliding, it wasn't the man, but his position that God placed him. He spoke those words, and she changed immediately. Her countenance changed. She wasn't complaining. She wasn't crying anymore. I'm sure she came out, and her husband was saying, did the priest give you something to drink? What's going on? What happened? You went there crying, and you come out smiling and being very happy. What did he say to you? Tell me. Did he give you something to do? What happened there? And she says, don't worry about it. We're going to have a baby. Amen. We're going to have a baby. Let's go. We're going to have a baby. She knew it. But you notice the word is, our countenance changed. We don't do that. The only time our countenance changed is when we actually see that stuff. (laughs) That's when we smile. That's not faith. That's walking by sight. And God doesn't walk that way. You can beg him to walk that way. He will have to go away from his word, break his word to satisfy just you. And that's not going to happen. God's not going to come out of his throne just to satisfy you. The just shall live by... Why faith? Faith because you don't see it. You can't see it. You can't touch it. You can't feel it. You just have to believe it and rejoice as if it's already there. That's faith. You're happy as if you already have it. And God rewards faith. I've said it before. God in his nature can never overlook faith. Never. Many times you see Christians saying that they are walking by faith. They are lying. And I have been in that group too, amen? Don't look at me that way. You also have been there too. (laughs) Saying we believe God, but deep inside you know you're struggling. How many have been there? Uh, Every hand should be up here. If your hand is down, I'll make you stand up. I'm telling you. (laughs) Because we've all been there. But they never tell you. The next thing they want to do is blame God. Why did God allow? Why did you allow it? Because in your heart you knew you were, you knew you were struggling. I've been there. So you, you can't tell me I've been there. While I'm thinking and believing, from time to time, you got these feelings of doubt. And it's never perfect. It takes only the grace of God to perfect it. Even when you think you believe in God. It takes only the grace because you're constantly going back and forth. But as you stay with God, He steadies you. Amen? With time, He steadies you. And after a while, 
You just believe that, yeah, God's going to take care of it. Because he's such a good God. He cares for us. And he knows without faith, we cannot please him. So he please, he walks through us and helps us and carries us along. But we have to trust in him. Let your countenance change after you've prayed. It's easy to just tell people about what's going on. Be anxious for nothing. But with prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. And God will give you peace. His peace will guide, guard you, your heart and your mind in Christ until, until that thing is fulfilled. But if you are going to be anxious, don't pray. Some woman said, pastor said, come up if you have anxieties, I want to pray for you so you don't have to worry anymore. She stood back, they said, why don't you go up? Pastor is calling. So I don't want to go. If he cast out all my worries, what would I have to worry about after that? And, I need something to worry about. Some people just, they have to be that way. And that's too stressful. That would destroy your immune system. I think we really need to start believing God and trusting God. Just be afraid for nothing. I have to constantly, I'm just like you. I have to constantly remind myself, God you are. There is a God. It's a privilege to be able to kneel before the same God that did business with David. He's not another God. He's the same person. Amen? For me to have the privilege to be able to kneel before the same God that dealt with Abraham, Samson, and all these other guys, David, Solomon, I got it made. Think about it. I'm able to come to this same God that walked with Peter. Amen. Amen. That's my brother. Amen. That's Peter. One day I'm going to see these guys. I'm dealing with exactly the same God. Not another God. The same person. I have the privilege to kneel before him. The same God that walks with Elijah. I have the privilege to call upon his name. What more? That's the God that sent rain after three and a half years. Just by a man's prayer. And the Bible, James tells us we are like in the same kind of person, the same man. Just like Elijah, he was just a man. He was in the spirit. Elijah was just a, not just a man. And the Bible tells us we can do exactly the same. And Jesus, he assured us, those who believe in me, the works that I do, they shall do also. It's not a big deal for me to say I cast out the devil. Every one of us can do it. You just, didn't, you just don't know that you have the power. And my people perish for lack of knowledge. And the devil can, can place you immediately when they see you. Some person says, Pastor, uh, Brother Goodluck, you don't want to cast out the devil in, in this place. You got children here. You know how he is. He's very tricky. And if you cast him out, he'll go into one of these children. And I said, well, if he's dumb enough to go into one of those children, I'll come after him in that child and get him out of that place. But where did they get these strange things from? Have you ever read in the scriptures that Jesus was casting out the devil and the devil left the man and went into another person? Where did you read that from? Jesus was casting out devils in the presence of Pharisees who were, ready, who were planning to kill him. And the devils won't leave that person and go into these people planning to kill the Son of God. Where did you get this strange stuff from? That's the lie of Satan to prevent children of God from taking, standing their ground. So that you remain weak. What is a testimony? A testimony is when you tell 
what God is doing in your life, right? Then he gets the glory. When you're telling what God is doing in your life, God gets the glory. You don't have to say glory to God. Just tell us what God is doing in your life and God receives the glory. The other case is when you keep telling what the devil is doing in your life, guess who gets the glory? You are testifying on his behalf. Stop saying those crazy things from your mouth. The devil is after me, he's after my children. Pastor, why is the devil so much after me? Why don't you be quiet and talk a little more about Jesus and let him be glorified. That's the way God wants it. The more you talk about what Jesus is doing in your family, the more he does in the family. Because your testimony gives him glory. Your testimony lifts him up. And the more you talk about what the devil is doing in your life, how you are being hindered, how you can't do anything, why is the devil so after me at all, and then we don't need to talk about those things. Read through the scriptures. You hardly see Paul mention devil. As if it, as, he acts as if he doesn't exist. But every time he mentions Satan, he is telling you, you are more than a conqueror. He is telling you, you are seated with the Father in heavenly places, and far above all principalities and powers and, and dominion and minds and, and name, every name that is named, not only in this world, but in the world to come. That's a position of power. You're seated with Jesus. Who, how can they touch you? But Christians always talk about these things, and they live in fear. And it's not just about devil. The same thing with your finances. <laughs> you want to talk about it. Many times people are just looking for sympathy. If you really believe there is a God, cry out to God. I really believe that God can change anything. I'm getting my mind fully made up. My family and I, this story about want, I don't know how God's going to do it. But that's history. As far as Jesus is seated on the right hand of the Father. I got nothing to fear. As long as I can kneel before him and talk to him. The church today, this is my playground for practice. I use our church. And if Irina were here, I can't see her here. She'll tell you. I do things very deliberately in church here. Concerning the finances. And I've made up my mind, as long as this church exists, we will always be able to pay our bills. Always. Maybe I should open up a little bit. Yeah, I want to. Just, you heard me talk about, I was going out to pray for about, uh, for about three days or so, I went out. Irene, I will tell you, the finances was, but I was insistent. We have a lot. I, we use wisdom. Finances was going in, but I kept putting my finger on that thing and kept using it. Because I believe that I told her, he's going to come in. And I went in. The first thing I got back, just, I'm not sure, I think it was 15,000. That's one week. Just one thousand, $15,000. Don't know what else was there. And then I maintained the same. This is not something that's happened. This happened several times in the church. I think you told me when I came back, and I said, well, that's a quick answer to prayer. It's just an experiment, so I lose the fear for anything. It's been like that. I can ask God. I've done that before. I asked God 10000 this week. That was back, way back there, a long time. I passed, I'm through with 10000 asking now. I don't ask, but once I ask, I'm not asking for 10000 anymore. That's back there. Amen. He started with like $3,000. That was way back then. And then you start graduating. 
And before long, I believe one time, it's a time very soon is going to come. I'll be asking for 50000 when I feel like it. And guess what? I believe I'll get it. It's not because of me. He's faithful to his word. He's faithful to his word. I can't say, well, it's the Ark Fellowship. It's God's property, so God is going to take care of it. Well, there are churches that can't pay their bills. It's the truth. It's just the truth. We have to believe this word. And then he said, God, you're the one that called me to this work. I didn't employ myself. You are, so you've got to take care of me. I don't want to be anxious about that and be preaching at the same time. So relieve me of that so I can do my job. Amen. Amen. But then you see, God, every need, when I need it, is there. We've had checks, just one check, 50000 When we were going down and I'm thinking, okay, what's going to happen? Like one check came in from nowhere. 30000 It's happened. Why am I saying this? We need to lose our fear. God can take care of you. So, well, he's doing it because it's a church. That's why you do it. This is just a building. He's doing it because of you. Not for the building. Not for the building, but because of you. It's a proof that he loves you and he will take care of you. You just need to stop thinking in the soulish realm. It's not just about finances. That's just a way to say God will take care of you. No matter what. If you're sick, he'll take care of you. He'll make you well. You don't have to be worried. I'm not against medicine. Take medicine. But if the doctor tells me this is it, well, then I turn. (laughs) It's going to be okay. In my mind, I can believe God for healing. But if I have a splitting headache and I can focus, give me that medicine, okay? (laughs) I need to preach. (laughs) Amen. I'm not against medicine. Every good and perfect gift came from where? From God. But if that doesn't work, I go to the source immediately. We can go to the source. While we are going to the source, get some relief until you're free. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, I've got to be real, right? <laughs> but this is the life of faith. God wants the best for you and for your family. God wants the best for you. You have to want the best for you. My wife and I, we've been talking recently, and, 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 and we've said it over and over again. Nobody can hurt you like you can hurt yourself. Stop looking at other people. <laughs> Forget what people think. I've come to accept as I studied the scripture as a pastor, Angela and I have learned everybody's not going to like me. I've accepted that. If you don't accept that, and everybody didn't like Jesus. They still don't like him today. See, that's the way life is. I don't have to worry about those who don't like me. Amen. But I love and stay with those who are with me. Amen. And, and make them help me build my life. As I also help them build my life. Forget about those. You will always have enemies. That's just part of life. Don't make yourself their enemies. Or their enemy. You understand what I'm saying? Don't make yourself. But accept it that, yeah, this is the way it is. But have a good heart before the Lord. Amen. So that you can continue to receive his, his blessings upon your life. Sometimes you can't help these things. They are beyond you. What can you do? But stay with your God. And cry out to him. And see how God will bless you. I really believe God wants to bless you. You know I said that. Because we all have to deal with issues that deal with people. So Satan throws this stuff at your face. And say well you got to do this. Well everybody's not going to agree with you. So, take care of that in your heart. 
and let God deal with you. Amen? Before I close, I want to, I want to share this with you. I want to... Uh, give me Deuteronomy chapter uh, 5 verse 29. Deuteronomy 5 verse 29. Take God seriously. You understand what I'm saying? A lot of people are not taking God seriously and His word doesn't mean anything to them. They can hear God's word and immediately do something opposite to the word. Now, many times we're talking about sin, but it's much more than sin. He's doing what the word says. It says there, oh, this is God speaking, that they had such a heart. So what, what, does God, what is God wanting? The heart. Oh, that they had such a heart in them. That they will fear me and always keep all my commandments. Jesus called those things in the New Testament, my sayings. You know about that? My sayings. Keep all my commandments. Why? That it might be well with them and with their children forever. God is saying, oh, I wish they all have this kind of heart inside them. That is inclined to do everything that I say. That's the issue here. It says, God, he was just, you know, wishing that that was the case. Why was he doing that? He says so that it might be well with them. What he tells us to do is to make life good for us. And for our children. Forever. That's God's desire. So that it might be well with you. The only problem is the heart. God says, I wish they have such a heart. This kind of heart in them. That wants to follow and do my ways. If that's the case, then I will bless them. Do you have that heart? How many of you here believe you have that heart? Put your hand up. Yes. Yes. You already, every one of you here, if you're born again, you have that. You do. You see, my people perish for lack of knowledge. God's already given you that heart. That's why I'm speaking on keys to biblical prosperity. And prosperity... Finances is just a little part of it. It comes with the territory, okay? It's part of it. If you make that a major part of it, then it's major for you. But really, it's just a part of it. But the way God sees it, that He may be well with you and your children, not just one generation, but forever. As long as this earth remains, it will be well with your children, every one of them, just because of you. I believe that with all of my heart. I know I got my part to play, but I, this is higher than my, the part I have to play, amen, with my children. So I got no fear about what's going to happen to them. It'll be okay. They're not going to die young. It's not going to be my child is out there. I said, please don't get offended if you know a Christian whose child died. I'm not, I'm dealing with me. You know, it's a, like I've often said here, yeah, Christianity, we're not running a group race. Amen. It's an individual race. So I'm not after anybody. I'm only saying about what's for me. Okay? But I don't have any worry my son is going to be dying out there. I can say this boldly. In a car accident, that's never going to happen. I believe that with all of my heart. I really believe that with all of my heart, so I don't have to worry. 
I will tell them to be careful, okay? Don't drive crazy. Amen. And because that's my belief, they will do exactly that. Amen. Because it's all from him. Amen. He'll take care of them. And when there's a crazy drunk coming, God will position his angel in the middle and says, Son, you're not going this way. Take that, take that road. There's a crazy guy, he's drunk, coming this way. So you get back to your parents. So that it may be well with you and your children forever. We have to believe God's word. We have to believe God's word. It's not to lift oneself up, but to trust God. That's all I got. That's all I got. But as long as I have him, I get everything. Paul says, all things are yours. All things are yours. He's not lying. That's the Holy Spirit speaking. All things are yours. They belong to you. God wants to take care of you. You have the heart. In Ezekiel chapter 36 verse 26, it says, I will give you a new heart and put in you a new spirit within you. That's what God said. Oh, I wish they have such a heart in them. Is that not what the scriptures say? That's what he said in Deuteronomy. But now God's giving you a new heart and a new spirit. He's going to put his, uh, that, he's going to take that stony heart that God was lamenting, was going to hinder his blessings upon your life and upon your children. God said, I will take that heart of stone out of your flesh and I'll give you a heart of flesh. And he says, and I'll put my spirit in you and I will cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. And if you do them, He already spoke his word. His word never returns to him void. So when you do that, he shall be well with you and your children forever. That's the word of God. That's the word of God. That's the word of God. We just really need to believe these things. We need to meditate on them. We need to speak them. (coughs) I was reading somewhere. A wise man is not always silent. Amen. He says, if, if he's silent, people will think he's wise. That's what the scripture says. But a wise man is not always silent. He just knows when to be silent. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> he knows when to be silent. But from the days of John the Baptist until now, The kingdom of God suffers violence. And the violent ones take it by force. There's a time to be silent. There's a time not to be silent. There's a time to fight and say, that's mine and you're not going to touch it. All have sinned. You all know that scripture, Romans 3, verse 23. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And you say, what's, what's the meaning, glory of God? Huh? We come short of it. In other words, it was God's will for us to have His glory. But because of sin, we don't have His glory. We come short, right? But God wants us to be up. Man. Brother Roy, if you have God's glory on you, boy, that's a wonderful thing to come around. I'll be around you every day. (laughs) Well, that's the truth. If a man carries God's glory everywhere he goes, I want to be around that person. Sin made us short. But after Jesus came, we're no longer short. We have the glory of God upon our lives. We just don't realize it. God's not going to tell you that he's hungry and can't find food to eat, loan me some money, right? That's the God we serve. God's not going to say, well, I I said that before, but you know, uh, if I had known, I I wouldn't have said that. 
We do that, right? But not God. He says it and he means what he says. And if you line up, you're going to be blessed. We didn't need to wake up, stand up, dream. Amen? Forget what's happening in your life right now. Just dream. Dream of something bigger than yourself. But line up yourself with his word and what he's called you to do. Wisdom is not doing what God asked the other person to do. Wisdom is doing what God asked you to do and doing it very well. If you do that, God will bless you. I don't have to worry about what God has asked you to do. I have to worry about being faithful in what he's asked me to do. And when you do what he's asked you to do, his blessings will be upon your life. Amen? Stand up with me tonight. Teresa, I will go back to this next time. Okay? I pray, you know, that, that your heart is being encouraged. Amen? You have to tell yourself, I'm not afraid anymore. God is with me. You have to tell yourself that. Because your fear is holding God back. And sometimes I believe that God tests you to see, when are you going to let this thing go? When are you going to trust me that I can take care of you and your children? What would it take for you to trust me that I can take care of you? That's the God we serve. God is, and he's able to take care of me and my children. If you listen closely, he'll speak to you. And what, excuse me, and what he'll tell you, It's not going to be different from what he says here. God takes care of the grass of the field. He clothes the lilies of the field. He feeds the birds. Jesus said, you as a child of God, you are more valuable than they are. He'll take care of you. Can you trust him? Can you enter into his rest tonight? Can you stop fighting about his situation tonight? Can you lay it down before the altar tonight? Just like Hannah did. And say, from this night on, I'm entering into a covenant with God. And I'm trusting God. And I'm not coming off that covenant. God, I believe you. You can take care of me. There will be temptations to worry. But don't let that scare you. If you feel like you've overdone it, go back and say, Father, forgive me. I'm coming back home. But I'm not taking this on anymore. Cast your cares upon him. Because he's not just talking. He meant every word. Close your eyes tonight. Whatever it is, Sometimes we think you're just hearing a man. But standing with us tonight, because we are more than two, the King of kings and the Lord of lords is right here. When you speak to him tonight, he'll hear you. And some of you, you'll begin to see his hand at work in your life. Testify. Testify. Give him glory. Not just in church. Tell everywhere you go the things that God is doing in your life. He loves you dearly. Every one of you is special to him. He cares deeply for you. Notice, he didn't say so that it might be well with you. He said, your children also. He's thinking, he goes beyond you. And he's thinking about your children. That's how good God is. He'll take care of them. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. 
Lord, it's like we are in the boat with you. And there's a tempest out there. We're worried and concerned. But you know better. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. Every tongue that's risen up against us in judgment, we condemn in Jesus' name. We thank you for your love. We thank you for the peace of God that passes understanding. Thank you, Lord God. We enter into a covenant with you tonight. Knowing fully well, through the blood of Jesus, that all our needs will be taken care of. Thank you, Father, for your love. We give you praise, O God. We give you praise, O God. Thank you, Jesus. Can you whisper to yourself, I'm not afraid anymore. I'm not afraid anymore. God is with me. God will take care of me. Thank you, Jesus. May the Holy Spirit bear witness with your spirit tonight that you belong to him, that God is well able to take care of whatever situation you're going through in your life. He is bigger. Amen. God bless you. We're dismissed.